It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? Once again, you've found us for episode 176 of Lacrosse Classified. Lax Class is now underway. Appreciate your attention and your attendance as we have a big program lined up for you here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. I'm one half of your co-host. My name is Jake Elliott. My other half is Brad Challoner. Bradley, we're recording... Your on, other half, hey? Your uh, other half. We've really stayed, taken our relationship to the next level. I would say so. I, have we? I think it's always... Well, it's going. been... Well, what? It's been... Someone asked us the other day how long we've been working together in like... 07. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is 15, year... Four, 14, this is year 14. 15. This is year... Four, no, is this year 15? Uh, oh, my God. It might be the longest relationship I've ever had. It's definitely the longest relationship outside of my parents and my sister. Yeah, <coughs> that You're right there, up. right there, big fella. That choked me up. Uh, what's going on on your Monday afternoon here? How was the weekend? All that sort of stuff. Weekend was pretty good, man. I got some relatives in town. So we just did some family stuff and had some barbecue and stayed close to home. I bought a new TV. On oh, you did pull the Thursday. Trigger. How'd that feel? Yeah, I know so you don't like opening your wallet very much. Uh, was it was that- it was hard. It was <laughs> it was hard, but we got um, sixty five incher. Oh, so biggest TV I've ever bought. We went from a fifty five to a sixty five, and it totally we totally had to redo the the whole living room because the 55 was hanging on the wall above the fireplace I and the recall. 65 was just too big and heavy to be there. So we had to put it on the, on top of the shelf and then the whole living room, I just get twisted around. I got to move my chair around, oh, but man. nice weekend of lacrosse action to sink into in front of a new, in front of a new television. Yeah, it was a great weekend of lacrosse action. We will talk about it all here coming up as we'll recap uh, another wild week in the NLL, week 16, with who we had the week that was in Stampede Stallions, of course, here in quarter number one as well. Two guests this week on EP176. We'll head to SoCal, San Diego, and talk to the Hall of Famer Josh Sanderson of the San Diego Seals. And in quarter three, we will catch up with the voice of the Saskatchewan Rush, first-year man Cody Jansen, in quarter number three, quarter number four, Brad, prepare yourself here because you had, well, you had a really rough oh. week 16. And week 17 is the eight pack here. It is an absolute beast of a week. Like, if I, I consider just flipping a coin secretly here for every single pick because I don't know what I'm going to do in quarter four week 17 who you got will announce our week 16 winner as well and evan coming off of back-to-back wins on his parlay holy cow did we ever get screwed on the lax glass parlay this week we'll talk about Thanks, that Wes Bird. yeah yeah nice man there uh so we'll talk about that in lax glass locks as well in quarter four tons to talk about here this episode so settle in thanks for joining us uh the week that was brad where do we kick things off here i guess we had thursday lacrosse for the first time and like the 27th time in nll history 
as Saskatchewan made the trip into Calgary to take on the Roughnecks. I loved it, man. St. Patrick's Day had some had some people over in front of the new TV. Thanks Guinness for beers and Smithwicks are flowing. What's a Smithwick? The Roughnecks wearing their special St. Patty's. I love Thursday night lacrosse. I think we need it. It makes the weekend more digestible. You can have one Thursday night game, one Friday night game, then we had four Saturdays. But it would have been nice Sunday. to stretch that out into. What's a Smithwick? What's a Smithwick? A Smithwick is, is an Irish beer. I bought like a St. Patrick's Day Irish pack, and it had Guinness, Kilkenny, Smithwicks, and um, there was some, oh, and a harp, and anything. a harp logger in there. You literally the will drink anything. I like to try. Yeah, you gotta. Why? Why settle for the same? Well, old, I don't know. Do I don't understand have, people that are just like case of bud every weekend for the for the next twenty years of my life. Like I like to. If I never drank the same beer twice. For the rest of my life, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Like, I'd like to experience okay. the new and the next thing. All right. Right? Fair enough. Well, what well, do you drink? I, I'm not, I, I drink everybody water. Everybody can be a white water. Russian guy like no, you. I, I, honestly, man, I my alcohol intake is very, very minimal. Like, I drink, I just drink water. <laughs> it's essentially water and coffee. That's what I drink. To go to the bathroom a lot. I, I guess I'm boring. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but you weren't always. You weren't always that way. It's just been just yeah, been the health training you've done the last couple years. Like I got to a point, man. I swear we're gonna talk lacrosse, but I, I got to a point where I found myself like it takes me 10, 12 drinks to get a buzz on or get feeling right or wrong, if you will. And I just found like it's not worth it. And then the hangovers as I got older started to creep in, and I was just like, I don't. It sucks. Like, I don't like being hungover. It's bad for the waistline. It's expensive. And I just, like, I if I was going to give up some stuff, alcohol was one of the first things that I just kind of, like, I'll still have a drink with dinner from time to time. Or if I go to a party like we're going to do this Saturday, I'll, I'll get into it. But uh, as far as, like, during the week and weekly beverages, I just don't do it anymore. Yeah. Fair enough. Everyone's got to. I have other vices. Don't get me wrong. You're you're good in some other categories. So as long as you're finding ways to enjoy yourself and wind down after a, after a hard day, what is it you do all day? I don't know, but you can still wind down and, and relax and chill. That's, that's good for you, man. I hope everybody has something like that in their lives, but it's not affecting the way that they live their lives. There you go. Thursday night lacrosse, Smithwick's in hand, Calgary Roughnecks, Saskatchewan rush. And I forgot how much I needed this rivalry in my life they met in in week two in in saskatoon it was a tsn game of the week calgary winning late in that one christian del bianco was absolutely on fire and then they they go away for a long time it's got you in heads in one direction and calgary's had that start and stop season so i forgot how much this rivalry kind of meant until these two teams went at it with sort of playoff aspirations on the line and all the scrappiness and chippiness and lead changes that you want from a Calgary Roughnecks Saskatchewan rush game that the Roughnecks eventually become the victor on. Yeah, it was a back and forth affair, wasn't it? You just had no idea who was going to win this game until kind of the dying moments of the fourth quarter when Calgary pulled away and Roughnecks wearing some St. Patty's jerseys that were pretty pretty fresh. And I actually thought Zach Courier, because they were wearing green, there was a lot of green in that game, except for the turf, of course. But I thought Zach was wearing a pair of Josh's gloves because the Roughnecks had green jerseys. I thought, oh, but no, they had custom gloves for the Roughnecks as well. And just 
Speaking of Zach Courier here, who was named the first star of the game. Do you see the stat line here from Zach Courier, Brad? One yeah. goal, one, one goal, assist. One assist. But 16, 16 loose balls. A shot block, a cause turnover. Three cause turnovers. Three, three cause turnovers, a loose ball. And, Three for four in the faceoff as well. Like he literally did everything for Calgary in that game. Yeah, he, he's he's on another level going, right now. Yeah, he, like there's a few guys that you can say are are best in the world. He just does everything so well. So like all around player, probably the best well rounded player top three in the National Cross League this year, and is taking sure. it up. Yeah, and taking it up to another level for sure. I want to kind of talk about these Calgary games hand in hand because after Thursday night, we're like, wow, we, I know we don't see the Roughnecks play very often because they're always on bye weeks mm. and games are getting postponed, but wow, this looked like a playoff Calgary Roughnecks team with everybody contributing Christian Del Bianco playing fantastic, you know, limiting the rush again. But then I want to couple this with their performance two nights later against Panther city. Mm-hmm. I thought, Hey, you got two home games on the same weekend. You're in Calgary. You got a day off at Calgary together. I saw Del Bianco tweeting during the Vancouver Friday night game. So obviously some of the players were together watching the the Calgary, the Colorado and Vancouver game. So they're bonding. They're getting together. Then they got another game against Panther City on Saturday night. And a different Roughnecks team is, I really think, 14-11. PCLC kind of ends up flattering Calgary because they scored four goals kind of in garbage time late in that game. Um, but let's flip it to Panther city. Who's now won four in a row. Luck out. Tied for the current best winning streak in the national lacrosse league, along with the Buffalo bandits, the Panther city lacrosse club is the hottest team in the, in the West right now with four wins in a row. Demude coming up big again. And this hardworking Tracy Kaluski team continues to grind out wins here. Yeah. Uh, you got to give these guys a lot of credit, you know, ha- taking hand, Loss after loss after loss early in the season. The kid just said, okay, like we're going to just struggle this year. That's the way it's going to be. But that coaching staff never let that belief creep into the locker room. And once they got the first one, it was like, oh, it's almost like a light bulb went off. And I said a few weeks ago, Nick Damood believes in Nick Damood and now that entire team believes in Nick Damood and he wasn't perfect by any means in that game but when it mattered most he made the stops that he needed to make to preserve that victory for Panther City and solid goaltending and balanced scoring will take you a long way in the NLL and Panther City right now is spreading it out like nobody's business and the two guys that they've picked up in Cammy Milligan and Dean Farrell have just been the ingredients that that offense has been looking for all year. And now they are a dangerous team. Well, they, I, I credit that they've, they've stuck to it. They haven't faltered from the plan all, even when things were getting dicey there, Tracy Klusky knew stayed the what course. he had and he knew exactly stayed the course and then brought in pieces that, were, like he could have done some trade deadline deals, maybe tried to bring in some veterans or something, but no, what they did was Draft pick up street free agents who are still young and hungry. And he wants this whole group to be sort of scrappy underdog work, pale looked over guys. And Farrell was a guy who was cut from camp 
Milligan's been in and out of the league in, in different incarnations over the years. And these guys have stepped up and they've played really big roles. And with the ball in their stick, they've they've delivered. And you never know when the who's going to shoot on that offense because it's been very well-rounded. So the stick to itness, the fortuitous, how hardworking this team is, is really coming to fruition. And it's and it's special to see. And the two guys in particular I want to call out are are Patrick Dodds now, who's now is is in top ten mm-hmm. in the league in points. He's in what has he got? Sixty something. I don't have it right in he front had of me. Six assists by halftime, I think, in that game. The kid he's is got sixty three points. He's top ten in the national lacrosse. He was sixty three points, second among rookies, behind only Jeff Teat, who's played a couple left games. We know what Teat's going to put up, but you know, I th- I want to spend some time here on on rookies in the National Lacrosse League Jumbo, because you're seeing sort of a different, there's a bit of a gap, right? And it all depends on the situations guys are put in. Like, yeah, we're seeing Teat far and away the leading rookie goal scorer, but, you know, he's the quarterback of an expansion team. Patrick Dodd's now second in rookie scoring with 63 points. He's pretty much the quarterback and the best offensive player of, of an expansion team as well, right? I know New York's not technically expansion team, but they're a young team that Teed's going to control the pace of play in that, in that team, right? Patrick Dodds is getting his touches. And I think, you know, some people are, might be looking at the stats of a Charlotte Beatties or a Tanner Cook or Ethan Walker and thinking, you know, where's the level of these guys, but they're not playing the role that Patrick Dodds is playing and Jeff Teed's playing. Yeah, Obviously point. their stats are going to be a little inflated, right? So each rookie needs to be judged on what he's doing with his own team and what his responsibilities are. And Patrick Dodds is definitely living up to that for Panthers. They put a lot of faith in his hand with, with Will Malcolm as well. Who's not that far behind. Yeah, no, it's been real impressive to watch and they're going to get after it again this weekend. And, and man, I do not know who to take in that game after watching Panther city, this last four outings. Maybe I do. Maybe I'm just, not ready to believe it, but I think I should. Well, my reasoning last week for not taking them was I thought Calgary would be sitting at home waiting for them and happy, happy to be up for the challenge and maybe coming off a win against Zask. And then it's like, how, how hot can this team continue to be? Because well, the longest winning streak of this answer. season, I think is six games, but they've got four in a row now. And, and it's tough to bet against them at this point because they are outworking teams they're getting well-rounded offense, and they're getting it's all goaltending. great goaltending now. Yeah. That's that's a recipe for success. Sure is. All right. So we'll, cu- we'll couple that with the Sask game because oh, okay. we were talking about Saskatchewan losing. So Saskatchewan falls to Calgary at home. The second time they've lost to Calgary this season, and they go back to play back, or they go Saturday night at home against the Rochester Nighthawks. This mm. is the only game one for six I got in who you got this week. This is the only one I saw going the way that it did. Eight points, the, Brad. You got, was yeah. that your eight game, too? I that was guess. my eight game. So I got one game right and one point. But the rush squeak went out against the Rochester Nighthawks, who are now – this was a battle for last place, if you can believe it or not, in week 16, Rochester and Saskatchewan. And Saskatchewan comes up 9-6 in this one. No Jeff Shatler. Quinn mm. Paulus gets in the lineup. Ryan Keenan finally gets off the schneid with five goals. And now the rush have played 13 games. They're on a bit of a homestand, but at four and nine, they got to win out. They have to win out. 
Yeah, I think you said Quinn Palace, Marshall Palace, uh, who Sorry. got Marshall. his first National Lacrosse League goal, and he still just doesn't look like he's confident yet, Brad. Like he's dropping passes that he could catch easily. He's gripping his stick. He's getting a little lost in the rotation on the offense, but. That team was so happy for him to see him get his first tuck there. And I want to give Watson a little credit here for the Rochester Nighthawks, who I know took the loss in this game. But after what I saw against the Riptide the week prior, and then he seemed to kind of settle down and find his game to only allow nine to the rush at home, who were very desperate, I thought was a really good performance by the Rochester goaltender. And I want to give him a little bit of kudos for that. Eric Penny was very good for Saskatchewan as well, obviously, only allowing six. Uh, the captain, Chris Corbeil, with some pretty juicy nuggets coming out of the postgame interview and uh, had some pretty juicy nuggets to the face of young Charlie Bertrand as well as uh, Captain Corbeil chucking knuckles in that one. Yeah, I was going to go him for Stampede Stallion just based on those those two things alone, the the fight. So Bertrand kind of gets Matt Beers in the back, sort of ugly one, like didn't look too egregious, but an ugly hit in front of the rush bench. And Beers goes down and a couple guys start pushing back and forth. And Corbeil is the one who ends up going Bertrand. And credit for Charlie Bertrand going too. This is, you know, an American rookie going toe-to-toe with the captain of Team Canada. Yeah. Um, so been in a so few pretty scraps Corbeil over the years. Few. And they, yeah, so they, they, they exchange a couple back and forth, but the rush. So that was the first game of a five game homestand upcoming. So let's see if the rush want to win out. They got Calgary, Vancouver, Colorado, San Diego, and Panther city. Mm. So everything like all playoff implications, all, all Western teams, mm. right? They got all their Eastern games out of the way now with that Rochester game. The season series they've lost with Calgary. I know that was a goal they set for themselves. Season series with Vancouver, still up for grabs. Season series with Colorado, still up for grabs. Still in it. And a game against San Diego and a game against Panther City. So, can they? Yeah, that's a tall task. tough sked based on those are all playoff games. They're going to be in the playoffs. They know it. From now until the actual playoffs. Where do you want to go next? Let's go back to Friday night. Do we have to? Do you want to go back there? <laughs> I'd like to go Vancouver back doesn't and, want to go. and replay Vancouver the fourth quarter. Vancouver doesn't want to go back there. I'd like to go back and replay the fourth quarter. So, pretty easy to summarize this one. Vancouver is dominating this lacrosse game for three quarters. They're up 14-7. to seven. They've chased Dylan Ward for the second time this season. They come out to a hot start against Colorado again. First quarters continue to be Vancouver's best quarter of the year, but then it's given up the lead and letting things slip late. It's almost like they're shooting their wad too early <laughs> in lacrosse games. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah. That's, it's a term. It's yeah. A term. I, well, yeah, it sure is. Uh, but then not being able to sustain that through, through 45 or through 60 minutes, like they get it out of the way, get the, get these leads. And then they got to learn how to finish games, start look comfortable. And then it starts to fall off the wagon again. And, you know, you hark back to, you hark back to that game in, in January where Colorado came back after that seven, nothing first quarter. And what was it? 10, three, 10, two. And they have that belief now. And it's almost like, Vancouver had that doubt like all of a sudden Colorado goes on an eight goal run six goal run to open the fourth two at the end of the third 
And you know, they have the belief that they can do it again. Yeah. And it's almost like Vancouver has the disbelief of, Oh my God, I think that's, that's is this happening? again? I think that's pretty bang on man. And they just, they stop playing to win the game. You know what I'm saying there? Like you, you have to continue to do what got you to that point. And the defense started to sag back and let Lee and Robinson and Eli start to wind up and, then they couldn't get the, the timely save when they needed it. And Dylan Ward comes back in the game. I hope I don't I haven't checked on Tyler Carlson, but it did not look good for the Cadillac who who went down in that game. And that was almost like when the mindset flipped is when Carlson had had to come out of the game. Ward came back in and all of a sudden the belief started to be there. He made an absolute miraculous stop. I think it was off of Marty or, or Killen. That would have sealed it, and they just kept chipping, chipping, and then Vancouver regained the lead late with about a minute to go, and they couldn't hang on to that. Keegan Ball, Brad, just put the entire team on his shoulders with eight and four in that game, 12 points, and he, and you don't come away with the win. That has got to be just eating him away on the inside. Ryan Lee had 12 assists in that game. That is insane. And that I think he's become the first player in league history to have more than 10 assists in more than one game in the same season. Yeah, it's been uh it's pretty special to watch what he's doing. One off the league record which is 13. Um, league record for goals in a game is actually 10 because people were starting to get on league record watch in that fourth quarter when Keegan Ball was like possessed. Gary and Paul both scored 10 in a game back in the day, but Keegan Ball with eight. And yeah, like I, I felt for him just, he's not a big vocal personality, right? Like Keegan Ball is a quiet leader. He's not a big raw, raw guy. Doesn't like doing interviews. You know, he'll do it. If you stick a mic in front of him during a game, he's not going to give you a ton. Like he's a pretty quiet self-possessed and really driven player like Keegan Ball I think has had an underdog career from his junior days to his college days to getting drafted to being in and out of the league to coming back and now being an elite like he's top 15 in goal scoring he's one of the best one-on-one players in the National Lacrosse League but still doesn't get his due Let's... and I think that Keegan Ball kind of feels that and that eat that I'm like what else do I need to do yeah it's that I shit. put up eight I put up eight and I still can't will my team to victory and like sort of get that league wide respect that I think he deserves. It's um, that's tough. And I feel for Keegan oh, ball. Man. Man. I can it, feel the team wanted to win that game for Keegan ball did. based of, on what he was doing. Of course they did. Let's not forget Brad that when Dan Richardson took over the Vancouver warriors, that was his very first phone call was to street free agent Keegan ball who was out of the league, couldn't make it with the stealth organization and was just playing senior B lacrosse. And Dan was like, no, this guy can play. And first call Keegan ball. And what a story it's been that loss just made me put me in a foul mood for the entire weekend. Danny will attest to that. I was just walking around with a big old fat lips soaking all all week like that one hurt brad 
well, we'll see what the Vancouver Warriors can do with that. Because, yeah, I do look at that as it was sort of season-defining. So they've been swept by Colorado now. That season series is is out the window. Swept by Colorado. Those two devastating, Comeback. huge leads that Colorado, that they've given up to Colorado. Where they are in the standings right now with now Calgary and Panther City, for that matter, and Rochester, or, or Saskatchewan, for that matter, all sort of nipping. Like, that was a big one in the standings. Vancouver's firm right now in that third spot. Yep. But they need to snap this four-game losing skid. And they got the San Diego Seals. They do have four of six on their home floor, all Western, right? They got two against Calgary, two against San Diego, one against Saskatchewan, and the Albany Firewolves still left on their schedule who are coming to Vancouver as well. So their destiny is still in their own hands here. They're still in a playoff spot, and I think that's got to be the message to these guys coming into this week. We're still in control, but they got to get it going here. I don't know what the the magic number is for what either third or fourth place in the West, what your record is going to need to be to get in. What do you think? It's got to be five. I think nine and nine, at least 500. Yeah. It's got to be 500. I think that's what the rush need to look at to win out. I think nine and nine gets in, gets in nine and nine. I think will get you into that third spot. And then fourth spot, you might be able to do that at, at eight and 10, maybe. But you don't, don't want to. You like you're, you're competing with you're competing with, with Albany and Georgia and Philadelphia. Like that's you don't want to do that. You, the way that you get in is locking up third in the West, and I think you got to do that at at nine and nine. All right, one more game to go here, and this one was a pretty pretty good one as well. As Georgia went into Albany to take on the Firewolves. Yeah, this one was back and forth. There's lead changes, and then Albany controlled for the majority of the game. Like they're up nine four. They're not going to be happy with with pissing this one away too. They're yeah. up nine four in the third. Yeah, and then Georgia finds that gear. It's like Lyle Thompson was waiting for crunch time because he had a quiet first half. They kept him in check pretty good, and then they started running transition game on Albany, who couldn't really fight back. And Lyle scores a natural hat trick to kind of make things interesting, and then puts up five. <laughs> In the second half, this one felt like a playoff game. Like, there's a couple that felt like a playoff game to me. Yeah, but this one was like these on the two. Line. Yeah, and they knew they knew where these two teams were going to be in the standings. Now Georgia's at seven and six. Albany's at six and eight. Um, and a battle of the MVPs in this one. This was kind of like Lyle versus Joey. Joe Resseter. It's with you know an asterisk to to Dean Smith and and Ryan Lee and a couple other guys. But Joe Resseter scores a hat trick in the first half. Nothing in the second. Lyle's quiet in the first half, scores five in the second. Eight goals in the fourth quarter for the Swarm. Mike Poulin, we thought maybe, okay, the, the veterans found his game, but yanked out of this one again. Wendy comes in. Like, do you start Craig Wendy this weekend if you're Georgia? Can you mess they around? Got, they got and- Toronto this weekend? No, you can't. You go into Toronto. They got a back-to-back home and home with the Toronto Rock over the next two weeks. You have to go back to the vet pooley, but know that they have that insurance short, now. Maybe short leash. the leash is as short as it was last weekend. Yeah. Nardella dominant in the faceoff dot, which almost helped them to try and come back in this one. But just too much Georgia in the second half. 11 goals they put up in that second half and go away winning this one 15 to 12. And like I said, win the season series over Albany, which is real clutch for Georgia. And. Very similar to Panther City. 
I would say in the East, Georgia is as hot as anybody, fourth in the East now, but winning record and, and on their way here, winners of what, Brad? Their last three, their last four? Yeah, they've been um they've been really impressive. We talked about them last week when we had when we had Bombery on talking about how they were heating up. And this is a team that I just took a while to gel, right? You meant we talked about rookies trying to find their place, and that's been Ethan Walker and a couple of the young guys on their back end. They've needed to get into sort of mid-season form to now be cogs in that wheel. And I think adding Steph LeBlanc was a, was a nice little acquisition for them as he got at least one yeah, and I'm then looking you know, up his, his was kind of real chippy though. It was kind of throwing the weight around. He was one. digging for loose balls. You could tell that he was trying to make an impact for this team. This team wants me here. I want to be here and lead this team to a championship and I'm going to do everything I can. So, you know, he wasn't filling up the stat sheet, but he was doing a lot of little things off ball that that created success for the Georgia Swarm offense. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was mostly Lyle and, and Shaner that that was driving the offense there, but a little chip in there from from McIntosh. Bomberry held off the score sheet, but you're right. Like they still put up 15 goals. So good signs ahead here for the Georgia Swarm, uh, who got a big matchup against Toronto this weekend. We actually got one more, but we can break it down a little bit deeper with Josh Sanderson here in a second. Oh, yeah, San Diego right. Steels, Pachanga Arena, the nightcap on Saturday. They were waiting for the Colorado Mammoth, who flew in that morning from Denver after the win against Vancouver. And Colorado looked pretty scrappy, man. Like, they were down early in this game, and they chipped away, they chipped away. It was tied at 7-7, as they did not look like a team who had just played uh, a game the night before for the most part of this game. Their offense was still clicking. Dylan Ward looked good, um, and they were right with the Seals late in this game until a couple of penalty, penalty trouble. Audie Stotts gets a power play goal with about four minutes left, and that's your game winner with an empty Burt with a Westberg empty netter. It's funny how sometimes some years you just feel like a team and we're talking about San Diego and, and destiny and win it for Brody and all that. They just continue to find ways to win games. And it's yeah, they impressive can, they as can, hell. Dude, they can play a high scoring game. They can allow four, three times, you know, they're, they this can win. Was, yeah. A real goaltending slugfest here. And I'm, I'm for it. Like I'm here for it, man, to watch Dylan Ward and Frankie just go at it. It was real impressive to watch. And I'll take low scoring when it's that action packed and goaltenders are, are doing their job like they are. I, I, I love watching games like that. I, that might've been the best game of the weekend. Yeah, it might've been as far as like, I did like the Albany game. I did like the Albany Georgia game, but as far as like back and forth, Superstar offenses going back. I mean, Van- the Vancouver the game was like nuts, did. And, Brad, and, but and San Diego just, just plays yeah. a creative offense, right? Like anytime you see you see Austin start, did I just lisp? Every time you see Austin starts with the ball, something special is going to happen. Berg is electric right now, and I want to talk to Josh Anderson about this. But you know, I, Doby's very happy. It looks like not just being the in. guy. Yeah, you know, he's just he's just there. And he's but, contributing when he needs to be. He's been a little bit snake bitten, but you know what, um, though, Brad, come he had playoff a great, time. <laughs> he's gonna find. I think he's he's almost like he's letting. Yeah, he's doing the Lyle in the first half of that Albany game. It's like when okay, you need me, I'll, Berg, I'll, yeah, Audie, go, yeah. When you need me, Superman can put on his cape. And I know he's not Superman, but you know he can find that extra gear and be that vet when they need him. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think you're bang on there, man. Nine and two are the Seals. Seven and five are the Rush. If playoffs started tonight, San Diego would play Albany. Um, Colorado would play Vancouver in the West. In the East, the Buffalo Bandits would play the Georgia Swarm. And the Toronto Rock would play the Halifax Thunderbirds. Sign me up. I'm d- I'm I'm down. I am. Down. Let's talk to Shooter, shall we? Well, oh, we got to get. Uh, we got to. Brad, you know, before we can get to quarter number two, we got to throw on the old Stetson and pull on the the Wrangler jeans. Mount up, partner. We're heading for the Stampede Tax Stables. <laughs> We have <laughs> Go for it. Do it. <laughs> I'm not gonna neigh if that's what you're waiting for. Come, come on, give me a neigh. That I open up with the full neigh. I'm doing like the tired horse. He's just about to run. <laughs> We have reached the Stampede Tack and Western Wear Stables here. And just in time, I might add, as Country Night is coming up down at Rogers Arena, and you don't want to be looking like a rhinestone cowboy when you head down there for Country Night. Head into Stampede. I actually uh, went out to Stampede Tack and Western Wear over the weekend, Brad. Picked up Danny's prize pack, and Kevin was there and was... Ultra generous, walked out of there with a little extra t-shirt, uh, courtesy of Stampede Tack. I'm telling you, man, I was like just kind of walking around the store. I don't know how many different pairs of boots they have in that store, but it's in the hundreds. They have like an entire hundred foot wall dedicated to just boots. And any kind of boot you can imagine, you will find at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. You'll find hats, plaid shirts, they're Wrangler... They're Canada's biggest Wrangler dealer. And throw on a little Wrangler swag for the country night game coming up here on Friday. Head out there to Cloverdale, Highway 10, corner 180th. They've been there since 1966. Stampede.ca, shopping online, still shopping local. I'm not sure you can get delivery in time. So just head on out to Cloverdale and pick something up for the game. Stampede Tack Stallions of the Week, Brad Chalmers. Do you want the stat line? Sure, I'll try and guess. No, yeah. I, I don't want to know. The stat line really doesn't have anything to do with it this weekend. This is more about what a stallion should be about and okay. guts and grit. And I wouldn't say this was an underdog performance, but this was a pretty big outing. Um, I'm going with Dylan Ward. And he gets chased on Friday night against the Vancouver Warriors. And rightly so. Yeah, they've, they've had his number this season. They put up a lot of goals behind Dylan Ward. And goes, you know, obviously a frustrating night. Dylan Ward, you know, is usually not known for doing two stinkers in a row kind of thing. And he's on the bench and he's he's out of this lacrosse game. Tyler Carlson comes in, plays admirably for a few minutes, but they put some big up some goals behind him as well. It's 14-7. And then TC gets hurt and looks pretty bad. He's not putting any weight on his leg as he's coming off the floor. You know, was it a hammy or something? We don't know. Don't want to speculate. But he looked hurt and he wasn't coming back. And then Dylan Ward's like, okay, suit up, mount up, goes in, only allows two more goals the rest of the way in the final quarter. Uh, and that one stick save to finish that lacrosse game. Oh. The stick save, it was on Dinsdale late, like oh. miraculous. Then he's got to start the next night, not knowing that his trusty backup TC is not going to be there. He's got Nate Fasine behind him. 
Um, he goes into San Diego and he makes 42 saves against that seals offense. And again, some other spectacular Dylan Ward, like saves in a lacrosse game going shot for shot with Frank Shiliano with the empty netter. He allows eight. And I think that was just a big bounce back game. I know it wasn't a loss, but a bounce back weekend for Dylan Ward to finish the game against Vancouver, start the next night and take his team right down to the wire in the fourth quarter as well. It was a gutsy weekend from one of the best to ever do it. Ward. Not trading Dylan Ward anytime soon. I can tell you that. And by the way, I watched uh, Thunderbirds 360 episode 11 today and just fantastic stuff. But Halifax had the doubleheader weekend last weekend. And have you watched this yet? I did watch episode 11, yeah. How about the the leg socks and the IVs and how they are taking care of their players on a back-to-back weekend. This is next level stuff here from the Thunderbirds. And I don't know how many other teams are doing this, or maybe we just haven't seen it because you're not getting it behind the curtain look from other teams, but that's pretty impressive. The fact that they're getting bagged up and, and recovery and, and like they are considering all these things now, at the National Cross League. I don't think it's something we've really seen before. Hey, can I say this, though? What was the record that weekend? I, I know. I know. Maybe getting a little... I am not... Too, I'm not, too much? I'm not uh, little, firing any shoot, shots, shoot. but maybe a little too... Because I don't think Panther City was uh, in the leg bags before Calgary on, uh, okay, get too on Saturday night. But though maybe things could get a little too... too especially shit. sometimes between these warriors, yeah. you know? Between these guys that go to battle every week. Don't, we'll don't try quote starving me on that, this week, but... Then. I, I, you know, I, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm tongue in cheek here. I, I think every team in the, in the league would absolutely love that. And there was a good quote from, from Shawnee Evans, who like just came up from Rochester, not throwing Rochester on the bus, but he was like, well, we didn't get this in Rochester, but like here, he knows what Kurt's going to provide. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's I just thought cool. it was worth uh, it. Well, I hope to see when, when we get to a full-time schedule, full-time players, this is what Every team's going to be looking like between Sleep games, doctors, I think, uh, nutritionists, all of it. Man. All of it. Yeah. Um, I'm sticking to the same game here, and it's pretty self-explanatory. And I know he didn't get the victory in this game, but the way that Keegan Ball balled out at Ball Arena, I have no other choice but to give Keegan Ball my Stampede Stallion of the Week. I, do I need to say any more on this? The guy put up 12, eight goals, and was just an absolute weapon out there and deserves the Stampede Stallion of the Week because he didn't get the victory. He's getting the Stallion of the Week. Yeah, I spent some time on him. You and I spent some time on him a few minutes ago. I think he put the league on on watch. And then Ryan Lee and Eli McLaughlin were fortunately like, no, not, not in my house, not tonight. But yeah. if you don't think Keegan Ball is that elite talent level, go back and watch those goals. A lot of them are one-on-one individual efforts. The he's spinning doubles. He's breaking ankles. He's creative. He can do it in transition. He can do it one-on-one. He can do it on the power play. He he's he's a monster right now. And I, for the Vancouver Warriors' sake, let's see if that translates into this weekend against San Diego. Where so here's a fun note: mm. eight and two. Mm-hmm. Not even Keegan Ball's best night. Like he had yeah. a monster night. I think a year or two ago against the San Diego Seals like down at Pachon. The record is 17. Mark Stainhouse has done that. Um, but I think he had like 13 or 14 against the Seals in Pachonga a year or two ago. Yeah. So, and again, like we could talk about this point and who you got with Evan, but San Diego, a lot of BC boys coming into Vancouver, rivalry game, 
Vancouver's kind of playoff atmosphere, hopes on the line, and a team that they've played well against and have had success over. I know they both look a lot different than they did in week one, but I think the Vancouver Warriors match up against the Seals really well, and it's going to be an interesting night, Friday night, Western night at Rogers Arena. Fill up the neutral zone. The Bud Zone's now the neutral zone, Brad. $5 neutrals all night. That's how you watch the waistline, right? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Girls, guys, everybody can enjoy a neutral at Rogers Arena. Maybe we'll get the glow sticks going again. Oh, we need to give away a pair of Warriors tickets here, Brad. How should we do that? Give that some thought. Give that some thought. We'll give away the tickets in quarter number four. But uh, quarter number one is now over. Welcome to the stable, Dylan Ward, Keegan Ball. You were this week Stampede Stallions of the Week. Josh Sanderson of the San Diego Seals comes up next. Quarter two, EP 176 is back after this. Hey, this is Patrick Dodds. You're listening to Lax Class, your source for all things NLL and box across. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into quarter number two on EP 176. Jay Kelly, Brad Challoner, and Rycourt Construction with us here in quarter number two. Family-owned business serving the Lower Mainland, specializing in residential interior and exterior renovations, whether it's kitchen, bathroom, flooring, decks, or something as simple as a fence over 15 years of experience in the construction industry they make it stand out they strive to produce quality craftsmanship and an exceptional client experience as we this interview brought to you by Radcore construction by the way and our interviewee this week uh, here in quarter number two is nll hall of famer josh sanderson who also is the offensive coordinator for the san diego seals who are on an absolute heater this season and picked up another big victory at Pachanga Arena over the Colorado Mammoth. Shooter, welcome back to the pod, man. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing it. Uh, I know you you spent the weekend there in San Diego, which always must be a good time to just jet set off to SoCal for the weekend. But back in Orangeville, let me get you a plug in here for the shop. I know uh, the Hornheads are cranking it up for summer lacrosse. It's got to be a big, busy time for you at Sanderson Sports. Yeah, well, my cousin Darren's in there most of the time now. I've been uh, out in San Diego living the good life here and there. So, uh, but yeah, we're getting busy. Uh, the, I think the juniors actually start running tomorrow night. The C's, B's, and A's all start off together. So things are ramping up. Uh, start coaching the kids here, I believe. Tryouts are early April. So, uh, no, looking forward to getting back to normal with that stuff for sure. No doubt. How, how old are your kids now? What level are they playing at? Uh, well, my oldest will be junior age, and then I'll, I'm going to coach the U17s and my Dylan, uh, Dylan's a minor. So, how's um, uh, how's Cammy doing? I know he had to get some some knee surgery there and missed out on the collegiate season. Uh, as we were talking back in September, how are things going there? He's doing pretty good. He's uh, close to seven months now, so hopefully be cleared in a few months and uh, get back playing uh, with the A's this year. So, uh, no, he's he's definitely coming along and. Yeah. yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, right on. Um, and ho- hopefully he keeps on that path. Just before we get off the Northmen here, I, I saw the Northmen alumni are producing a documentary of the history of the Orangeville Northmen. 
And as much as, you know, there's there's that great rivalry between my Coquilla Madnax and your Orangeville Northman, I am super looking forward. I even saw some footage of T running around the bunny barn out there. This thing looks really cool. Yeah, I think they're going to do a really good job. I, I've just seen bits and pieces, but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing it also. Um, I, I've heard good things, and, and I think it's going to be really good once I uh, get to see the whole thing. A lot of specific things we want to want to touch on with you here, Josh. A lot of big news around the Seals, obviously, with um, some of the additions in your lineup and what you guys been up to this season. But let's just uh, go back to last weekend. You got Colorado, second half of a back-to-back, but they didn't look like it. They certainly brought their energy into that game, especially in the second half, and made things interesting. Um, what did you take away from another win this season and this time against the Colorado Mammoth? Yeah, it was definitely a, a big win and, and probably our biggest to date just with getting the tiebreaker and, they're right on our heels and yeah, to, to beat them, you got to play 60 minutes. Uh, you know, they got a great coaching staff, uh, a real good roster, obviously great goaltending. So if you don't play 60 against them, they're going to come back and get you. And, uh, you know, Frankie's been real solid for us. Our defense has been locked in and, and, and we got some timely goals at the end. So uh, kudos to all the players and uh, for grabbing that big win. But, uh, you know, we're going to turn the page and get ready for Vancouver now. Let, well, let's talk about Big Frank here for a sec, Josh, because this guy, it, he's already made NLL history, keeping teams to four goals or less three times this year, which is just, it's ridiculous. It's bonkers when you think about it. Uh, what, what's been the difference for him to take his game to another level here? Like, he just seems locked in every second and yeah some goals are going to go in the net but like we haven't seen Frankie give up a whole lot of stinkers this season no Frankie's Frankie's definitely been our backbone him and him and Bergie definitely I think have been you know on their a game all year long and you know I think it's a few things I, I think one um you know Patrick bringing in uh Whipper to to help him and you know just somebody to lean on through the week that's been in you know the the spots really helped them I, you know I know he's tight with Dobes so I do think their friendships helped them. And, and I think he's also taken on a, a leadership role. So between those three things, um, yeah, he's playing the best lacrosse, I, I believe, is in his career. So uh, good on him. Obviously, we want to keep it up and obviously, uh, you know, keep grabbing wins. Yeah, and like a low-scoring game there, just an absolute goaltending duel between Dill and Frank. What kind of game do you like? We saw Colorado and Vancouver go 17-16, which was a, a wild game. But then the, the tight, low scoring, what do, you, what do you like? Do you like low scoring, high scoring, somewhere in the middle? Yeah, well, just coming out on top is the way I, I like it the best. Uh, find a way to win and, and you know, whether you got to win 16-15 or 10-9 or, or whatever it is. Every week's so different. Matchups are different. Goaltending. So, you know, it's just finding a way to grab points and you know, find your way to get into a playoff spot and put yourself in a good uh, position is what the regular season's all about. And and I don't think we've peaked yet offensively. So, you know, I, I do think we're going to have to obviously score more, a few more goals than we have. But I do think that's coming and um, got to get our shooting percentage up a little bit. But I definitely like how hard everybody's playing. You mentioned Wes Berg earlier, playing the best lacrosse of his career. You know, this is a guy who is pretty much a full-time lacrosse player now, which is which is great. He's down there in San Diego. What have you seen mature in Wes Berg's game that's, uh, that's keeping him as an MVP candidate pretty much right now? Well, I think another thing, he's got an A on his jersey now. He's, uh, you know, taking on a bit more of a leadership role. 
he, he always has been a leader, but he, I think he's really stepped up in, in that spot on and off the floor, um, a big jump there. So, um, and then on the floor, he's just so consistent, uh, bringing his a game. It seems like every week and, uh, you know, he's carried us a few times and, uh, he's just such a team player grabbing loose balls, setting picks. He does a bit of everything. So we're really happy with Wes, uh, and, and how well he's playing and how well he's leading. And, um, you know, we're just trying to build our chemistry up a little. We've had guys in and out and, and we just feel we can get our chemistry to another level. And I think even Bergie will get even hotter. <laughs> Well, one of the guys that's been in and out of the lineup, and I don't know how much info you're going to divulge here to us, Josh, but is, is Adi Stotts. And a lot of people say, no, he was done for the year at the beginning of the year. Then he came back and people were just blown away that he was back. And then he went down again and we said, okay, that's it. Like he's, he's going to need to have surgery and that's going to be it. And then he shows up again, this kid, you just cannot keep him off the turf. Uh, yeah. Adi's, uh, tough player he takes hits he plays hard minutes for us and uh you know he, you know it's something that we got to manage throughout the year we knew that going in um talking with the doctors and he's feel feeling real good going into this weekend and you know that's how we're, we're taking it he's kind it's kind of his call and uh you know he's feeling real good going into this weekend he played, played pretty solid and well, i don't um, like hearing that josh i gotta be honest with you i don't like hearing that What's that? <laughs> that 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 Audi is feeling good coming into this weekend. Well, I, I do think, yeah. I no, think I hear you. I hear better you. this week uh, uh, coming up too. So, uh, you know, he's a big part of our team. Him and him and Bergie have had some real big games for us. And uh, but uh, you know, Audi's just going to tell us the truth uh, week to week, and, and we're going to go from there. But obviously, we're putting ourselves in a good position to get into the playoffs. So uh, obviously, we're going to want him as much to a hundred percent as possible for for when that comes. You know, you can't you can't play the type of game that Austin Stotts plays and not not take that beating. And I think, you know, the injury troubles he's had relate to the style of play that he takes. He takes so much punishment and he relishes off the punishment and it makes him play better. And you said it, it is his his sort of um, his decision if he's ready to go or not. But you worry about Austin Stotts long term, Josh, just how physically he plays and how much he takes that content. And, you know, what's his body going to look like in, in 10 years from now? No, I, I think he plays the game the way it's supposed to be as far as heart and emotion, and, and he's got to get inside because uh, he's such, got such good hands on top of the net. He loves that pick-and-roll game. So, uh, no, Audie, um, you know, he's got his brace on. It's similar to some other injuries guys are playing with in the league. So, um, And if you take that away, guys on our team. So, uh, if you, you take know, that away, that, Josh, know, if you took that away from Audie's game, he's not, nowhere near the, the same player that he is, right? Yeah, he's, he plays with emotion. He plays with a lot of heart. Um, so, yeah, he's got to be in on the inside. And he's a power like, power forward type player, right? So that's part of his game. And it's part of the game he loves. So, uh, you know, he's having a lot of fun this year. And he said we gave him the, he had the night off there a, a week ago. We were, he was happy we grabbed the big win. And then, then he was able to contribute this weekend for a big win. So hoping he gets to do that again this weekend. Well, Similar to Dobie in that regard, I think like Dobie's always taken the contact in his career and he's been banged up, but he, he, he does, it goes about it in a smart way. And he's looking like a different player with the San Diego seals as he, he gets older and matures. You were with him in his rookie season in Calgary. Um, you know, how much is, how, how far have you seen Dobes come along the way and what's his role in this San Diego offense right now? Oh, he's got a huge role. Um, the one, the one thing with Dobes is, is off the floor. He's really helped us a lot. Uh, with his leadership also. So that's, that's helped us get to this record. And obviously he's a little bit snake bitten around the net now, but I think the last 
last game for sure he probably could have hit on a couple more and one of the other games uh, i believe albany so um we got a lot of confidence in Dobes. Uh, you know, he plays hard. He brings that emotion, and, and that's what we love about our guys, just the emotion and the intensity they play with. So if we keep doing that, I think we're going to get some better numbers, so to speak, and Dobes will hit some more threes and fours instead of ones. Well, let's continue to break down the roster since we're just rolling through it here as we speak with Josh Sanderson of the San Diego Seals. And deadline came up. You go out and you pick up. Uh, former 50 goal man from the Philadelphia Wings in, in Brett Hickey for a second round pick. So you don't lose a, a player off your roster. And you got the two rookies there in O'Keefe and LeClaire who are, are still finding their way in this league. And Casey Jackson just, you know, kind of returning back to form here. So you guys felt like you, you wanted to to add some depth to this team moving forward. Yeah, we did. We had a, we got a ton of games coming up, and we wanted to cover ourselves on injury. We got we feel we got five lefties, uh, strong lefties, and and you know we got Dunny uh, too. He's a young kid. He seems to be getting better every practice. So adding Hick to the mix, we we feel we got a little bit more depth on each side, and uh, obviously defensively with Tyson, uh, you know, coming back a little bit, and, and we're hoping to get a, another guy or two for a bit more depth there. Um, we're just trying to obviously get in a, a good position. To, have a push down the stretch. Your rookies in uh, in O'Keefe and and Trey Leclaire. How do you measure their success as rookies coming into league? It's, it's a different pace for every rookie. You see, some guys have the ball in their stick all the time. You're Jeff Teed or you're Nanakoke and you're a finisher in Buffalo. What you know? What what sort of measuring sticks do you have for Leclaire and uh, and for O'Keefe? Well, Trey and Mac have been uh, great for us all, all year. Um, obviously uh, I think some more numbers are going to come, but they do all the little things. They are learning from a great group of veterans and, and they're only getting better. You know, the, Trey hasn't played a ton of box lacrosse coming in this year and, and Mac hardly any at all. So they're doing everything we ask and they're bringing a lot to the table. And uh, you know, I think they're uh, still going to peak here yet. So uh, really happy with those two guys. And um Again, they, they're a big part of our offense, so they're fitting in perfect. Yeah, a big part of the future, too, as well. And you mentioned them doing what everybody else is doing and, and playing within your system. And I'm not going to ask you to you know, give me your playbook here, but what is your coaching philosophy? Like, what are your core covenant standards that you want to see from these guys? Well, we just really want to be a team offense, right, where everybody touches the ball, everybody's swinging it and, and moving their feet and moving bodies and uh you know uh guys are gonna get hot different nights so uh you know we expect everybody to do the little things um you know repeat possessions all that stuff if they take away transition we feel we've besides a few lapses here and there we've took away transition a lot of teams try to run us so we got to keep that going but um it's just do all the little things and, and then we expect to get paid off with uh you know big nights so to speak so um just full buy-in from the group I got. I'm, I'm lucky right now with uh, with the 10 guys I got. They just, uh, you know, they practice hard and, and prepare through the week. And I do think we got another level to get to, but uh, just really happy with how unselfish they are. San Diego is firmly in first place in the West right now. Vancouver holding on to that third and final playoff spot as the Seals come West this weekend. Josh, when you were a player for Calgary or Albany going into Toronto, how big of a game was that? Like we got a lot of BC boys on the San Diego seals with Berg and Frankie and Trey LeClaire. It's going to be Trey's first game at Rogers arena. And these guys get pumped up to play at home. When you were a player heading into Toronto, how did that, how did that feel for you? Oh, for sure. You, you try to have a little extra jump with 
family and friends there. So definitely it'd be a special game for, for a lot of guys, especially like you said, Trey's uh, first, first game there. So a um, few ner- few extra nerves, but once the, you, you know, once the game gets going, um, you know, you, you kind of block it out. Now saying that when I started playing against Toronto when I was younger and they were pretty stacked and they, they didn't lose at home very much. So uh, I remember the first couple of games in Toronto, uh, space was tough to come by. Um, so hopefully space is a little more tough, uh, easier to come by for Trey and some of the guys this weekend. But uh, yeah, those first couple of games in Toronto as, as a young kid, uh, it was in their heyday and uh, they're, they're tough to score on. <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, by the way, don't forget uh, your, your chaps and, and cowboy hat. It's country night at Rogers Arena. Big concert going on after the game as well. So keep that in in the back of your mind here. And and while we're on Vancouver, Josh, what what kind of game are you expecting out of the Warriors here, who have lost their last four now and and are going to be a real desperate and, and hungry team? But what kind of problems can Vancouver pose to the Seals? Oh, oh, quite a few problems. Obviously, they've already beat us uh, in our home opener. They came in and beat us, and there's obviously a rivalry there. So I think when you have two teams that have a rivalry like we do, uh, they're always tight games. So, you know, we expect a hard-fought game. Uh, We expect them to have confidence, obviously, because they beat us. Uh, Maybe not so much because they're on a bit of a losing streak, but we expect them to be confident against us playing at home. So, um yeah, we, we can't get caught sleeping. I think they're going to be ready to go. I know their last home game wasn't the best, so uh, we expect them to have some jumps, so we better match that or uh, we could be in trouble. What do you make just overall generally about this wild season? Like, it's in every given Sunday league. You know, Panther City has just won four in a row and is creeping into a playoff spot. Saskatchewan's at the bottom of the West. You guys are rolling right now. It's been a wacky year. Um, you know, just as a, as a guy who's behind the bench seeing all these games, what are you making of this 2022 post-COVID National Lacrosse League era? Oh, I'm loving it. I, I love being back, uh, obviously, coaching and being with the team. And, and I'll definitely watch all the games and, and some of the plays that are being made and, and the players. It's it's just awesome. The league's awesome. It's uh, it's great how they get a, you know, all the players get a week to prepare. And then they lay, lay it all on the line every Saturday night. Obviously, the odd time you get it back-to-back, but it's uh, – you know, these guys are laying it all on the line and anybody can win any given night, which is great. So that's, uh, you know, that's why we're always stressing our guys, you know, be ready to play, you know, because um, if you're not, well you, well, you can see Panther City, how hard they're working and, and they're getting rewarded with wins. And a lot of times, if, if you're the harder working team, no matter what your roster looks like, you're going to come out on top couple more minutes here with Josh Sanderson. I got to ask you how, how the golf game is. Like I, I watched Steve Gavitt on the Instagram feed there. I'm not sure the guy ever has a bad day. Like he's at Torrey Pines, it seems almost four or five times a week or something. I imagine you've got out on the links a couple of times while you've been down in San Diego. How's the golf game coming? Actually, the first time we got out golfing uh, was this last week we were out there. So we had a team thing after our, uh, our win last Friday, uh, the following Saturday, which was pretty nice to get everybody out together. And then we actually got to Torrey Pines with Steve on, on Monday with a few of the other players. And, and that was great. So, uh, golf game wasn't too bad. Okay. Actually, I actually brought my clubs and, oh. uh, my putting's horrendous, but, uh, I actually, I actually wasn't, uh, too pissed off at the rest of my game. So, um, so it was good as it was going to get. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, gotta be excited about what, what your Raiders are doing here in the off season. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, Devontae Adams is, you know, my I know my boys are pumped, especially Dylan. He already wants the Devontae Adams jersey. And, I, you know, I just like the signings with the McDaniels and the other New England gentlemen there. I think they're making a lot of good moves. So going to be a tough uh, division. That, the tough division, stacked, so. yeah. Uh, last one for you. Are we doing Survivor's Cup again? Tell me we're doing this again in Aquasasne in September. <laughs> I, I'm not, I haven't got that far ahead, just kind of. Uh, focused on uh, the seals right now, but right. I know summer ball is obviously coming up. So if if we are, you'll be my first call. How's I'm looking that? forward to it, man. I want it. I need it. Uh, so let's make <laughs> it happen. Uh, it was a really good time. Uh, Josh, uh, thanks for your time. We will see you for country night Friday night at Rogers Arena, 7:30 Pacific time. Face off for Warriors and Seals. See you then. Thanks, Jake and Brad. Thanks, Josh. See you this weekend. There you go. Hall of Famer, Josh Shooter Sanderson. And we don't have to go into the, the guy's playing career because we all kind of know what, what he accomplished as a player. But now starting to make a name for himself as a coach here, Brad. And just saying Vegas uh, coming in here, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to, to have Josh Sanderson's phone ringing for maybe an interview for the head job there down in Sin City. Well, you know, and just prepping for the interview, like, you know, we, we basically touched on, we didn't talk about Noble or Greer, but we basically went through player by player. Yeah, no disrespect to those two. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, he, he said he's got 10 guys that they're ready to ride with, and they are very deep offense right now. And the thing is, is that there, there's a story behind every one of these guys. You've got rookies who are buying in. You've got Berg playing at MVP pace. You've got a, a, a pickup, a midseason pickup in Brett Hickey. You've got MVP or... Um, future hall of famer, Dane Doby joining that team. Like there's just storylines from guy one through guy 10 starts, Casey Jackson injuries, yeah. bounce backs. Like it, it seems that there's kind of got a little bit of team of destinies type vibes written on them based of all those puzzle pieces coming together. You look at great teams and they have puzzle pieces that come together and gel at the right time. And the seals are doing that. You know, I think they're in, they're in pretty good shape. Right now, we'll they see if the Vancouver Warriors can get in their way they this actually, Saturday. They, sorry, Brad. They actually remind me of Friday night. Friday the, night. the 09 Brampton team that Josh, um, maybe they weren't, maybe Josh, yeah, Josh was on that team. I'm going crazy here. I think he was anyways. But they remind me of that team where they were super loaded up front. They had a great goaltender and then some guys on defense that just ground you out like it's the defense for me for San Diego that has put them in the position that they are right. I think it's a mix of, of everything. Like yeah. you get MB, you have Frankie Shiliano is having a goaltender of the year type season. You can't do that without having a great defense in front of you, but I do think they have some special weapons on. Oh, and yeah, you're right. That D there's not a lot of superstars on that D, but it's just a unit that is coming together. Again, well, that's what I'm, yeah, that's right? the point it's, I was trying to make. Group, really. That's gelling, and you know, championship teams are built that way. You made it's a, just the right, right team coming together at the right time. You made a great point last night about finishing first in the West if an Eastern team gets that fourth spot. That might not be all that big of an advantage. No, if playoffs started today, the San Diego Seals would play the Albany Firewolves who've beat them in Pachanga arena this season. So for a one and done home game, all be going into to San Diego. That's, that's not a reward, you know, like their other options are depending on how the season plays out. They could have, 
They could have um, Calgary, Saskatchewan, Vancouver, Panther City. Would you rather any of those teams or would you rather the Albany Firewolves? Like finishing first and getting a crossover team from the East might not be at a reward for the San Diego Seals, if you know what I'm saying. So we'll have to find out how it all plays out down the line right now. But the East, the East is a wagon and the West has sort of anybody up for grabs with that, that final spot. Josh Anderson on the 09 Brampton team. I wasn't going insane there. Uh, fantastic conversation as always with Shooter. We got another one coming up here, and he's a first timer on Lax Glass. He's the voice of the Saskatchewan Rush. His name is Cody Jansen, and he'll join us after halftime on EP 176 of Lax Glass. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hi, this is Bill Fox, NLL Hall of Fame referee, and you're listening to Lax Glass. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. As we move into second half action, this is the third quarter. Before we get into it, though, I got to thank our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging, focusing on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family-owned. Over 40 years of experience in Coquitlam. I say it every episode. I'll say it again. You need a label. You need a package. Associated Labels and Packaging are your people as we welcome the voice of the saskatchewan rush first timer here on lax class cody jansen is on the podcast cody what's going on man not much happy to be here and talk lacrosse it's an exciting time of the year we're coming on playoffs oh we are coming on playoffs we have yet to determine who will be competing in those playoffs your saskatchewan rush kept their playoff lives afloat with a win over rochester on the weekend they did suffer a loss against those dreaded Calgary Roughnecks as well. But before we get into all that, Cody, I got to know how you got into being a play-by-play announcer. Well, it's a pretty simple story. I failed as an athlete, so that's <laughs> why we're all here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, 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 was, I was a hockey kid growing up, growing up in small town, southwest Saskatchewan. We didn't have a lacrosse program. The, the only reason I had a lacrosse stick as a kid is because I had a cousin in Alberta, and I think I stole one of his, or he might have gifted me it maybe. But, I mean, I, mean, I just love the sport. I fell in love with it, got to watch lacrosse on TV as a kid, but never could play it organized. And then, you know, played hockey, played juniors, tried to go play pro overseas, you know, that was not going to cut it for me. So uh, the, the next best thing was getting into the sport that I just loved to watch. I knew the media side was something I wanted to be a part of and, and broadcasting just makes sense. I, I thought that was some of the best, you know, parts of watching games growing up was listening to hear how the announcers described the game, how they brought a different energy, how they brought new insight. And that's just one of the things that I really respected about about the behind the scenes part and knew that was something that I thought my intelligence could, you know, you match up with in the real world. So making the transition over to lacrosse just made sense when the opportunity, you know, how did it, how did it present itself? Did you go to school to, to become a broadcaster after finishing up playing hockey or did you just like me? I just, you know, kept bugging people. Hey, let me try this until they finally did. 
So I went to broadcasting school for a few months and then had a job opportunity open up to cover sports up in Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta. Went up there. There was a lot of lacrosse kind of growing in the area. The junior team in Fort Saskatchewan has a really good following. It's an awesome team and organization here. And, of course, Senior B lacrosse in the area is growing, too. You've got the Miners. You've got the Warriors. Now the Rebels and Outlaws. So there's a lot of lacrosse around here. And then I just had that job opportunity, so I left school. I said, hey, I'm not finding anything better after. So my teacher kind of said, you might as well leave. You're probably not going to get anything, you know similar to this if you stay for an extra year or two so you know headed up here and got into lacrosse as you said it's kind of it's bugging people it's i want to do this how can i do this how can i help how can i get in my foot in the door and then it's you know you, you grind away for years calling junior games calling senior games well for practicing people, listening Cody, back for people that don't know you got in my dms when the 2019 world championships came up and said, how do I get involved with this? I had never, we didn't even cross paths at that tournament. There were so many games going on, but we kind of formed a relationship through texting and DMS over that championships. And then when I got the news, I was moving to Vancouver. You were the first, one of the first people to kind of reach out to me and say, how, how do I get in contact with somebody in Saskatchewan to, to get your foot in the door there? Yeah, definitely. No, even a huge help too. Every same with Brad. It's it's everyone's been a part of it. It's you know, for the most part, the whole lacrosse community's been very welcoming right from the get-go. Coaches, players, media members. That's kind of one of the things I respect about it so much. I, I work in the hockey industry too, still, and you know, it's maybe not it's a little bit more competitive, you could say it's a little bit more cutthroat in the hockey world where the lacrosse world, there's a lot of helpful people out there. And yeah, as I said, Jake, you know, it's you've kind of been through it too. It's how can you do as much as possible? How can you build up your resume? And so it is, you know, seeing okay, worlds are gonna be in BC. Who do I get in touch with? How can I get myself over there? How can I get a contract to do that? NLL spot opens up. That's what I want to do, that's what I'm gonna do you know, knew a few people there. It's how can I get in touch with them? How can I make myself stand apart from others in, in the industry? And what can I do to really make myself more of an asset to a, to an organization, to an event? So talk about the new, the Priestner group and getting in with them and, and the inroads that they've made with the Saskatchewan rush market and, and fan base. We knew that they already had established fan base. They've had a winning success. It's been a little different this season because the, the crowds and the fans in Rush Nation are not as used to seeing uh, a four and nine team. But what kind of things have the Priestner group done to to get this team in the community and, and get that brand out there in Saskatoon? So the best part about the Priestner group in my mind, and of course they own the Blades, is that when I was in school, I actually interned for the Blades for a month or two. And with, with Tyler Warwick, who now runs the business operations for the Rush. That had to help. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, you, you know those You never know. Well, and I do do them through the hockey world too. And you know, they're, they're good people there. I think we see eye to eye on a lot of things that can be improved on. They're very open-minded Brad. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things is we can sit down for an hour and say, what can we do? That's completely off the board. It doesn't have to be, we got to do it in a week. We can do it in a month. We can do it in a year. We can do it in five years. We just got to work towards something. And that's why when they're growing in the community, they're looking at, you know, what can we do for different events to bring people in? Jake's seen it all. I mean, Saskatchewan puts on a show. It's a party there. There's something going on every weekend. And so for, I think, the, you know, kind of some of the Blade staff taking over as well, they're understanding the lacrosse side of things, and they're just going to incorporate it as well. They're meshing so much where the Rush and the Blades 
Dare I say rivals? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jake, Jake knows. I mean, they they were rivals for a while, yeah. and, and fair. It enough, wasn't it wasn't an amicable them. relationship. Let's just put it that way. So it's it's nice to see them working together. Where you see fans, sponsors, people around the community that I talk to, and they're like, "Oh, I'm a Blades fan. Would never cheer for the Rush. Would never come to a game." Until now, where they're like, "Oh well, I know these these Blades people, and they're involved with the Rush now. So now I'm a season ticket holder." It's like, well, yeah, that it's worked a, out it's, great. It's a family. It's what we do in Vancouver. It's a, it's a family, the Canucks and the Warriors. And it's interesting because exactly. I remember asking this question to someone a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, you know, wouldn't it just be easy to bundle Warriors tickets up with, with Canucks tickets or something? And they're like, no, it's actually two different fan bases. So, you know, they're, they're not, they're not rivals, but it, they're just one they're The goal is to bring people into Rogers arena and, and put on a good event. So the same umbrella, is sort of doing that. So it's working so far in Vancouver. We hope it continues to work out in Saskatchewan for you, Cody. Speak to Cody Jansen, the play-by-play voice of the Saskatchewan Rush. And despite the win this weekend, I think one of the coolest things that happened was the performance of Chris Corbeil. He's wearing that C. He gets in a fight in that game. And then in the post-game interview, this kind of got swept under the rug, but he's quoted as saying, I didn't think I'd be wearing this jersey this, this weekend. weekend. Like yeah. he thought the whole team was going to get blown up after that San Diego seals loss when they were three and three and eight, I think at that point, um, how close was this team to getting blown up? Cody, what were you hearing rumbling last week? I mean, there's a million rumblings. There was, I, I got, I was getting a, I got a Twitter message. I won't throw out any names or oh, whatever. Come from on. A GM, Nobody's from a GM in the league who I've never talked to, who was asking me about players. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, I, I don't want to put my, you know, I don't want to say anything about these guys who I've known for a couple of months, but like, there was a lot of people snooping around in Saskatchewan being like, what's it going to cost for some of these players who are going to become UFAs. And, and as you said, that was one of the things with the Corbeil interview where, listening to it in real time those words were very heartfelt like he was like hey i'm done after the san diego game he thought he was out of it he was uh, it's got to be an emotional time as a player he's put so much you know heart and soul into saskatchewan and i really think that there was a market for probably every single player but end of the day there you know everyone knows jammer he's built a team for a reason and if he thinks hey maybe we got a chance our schedule is pretty friendly coming into the back half a lot of home games still some winnable games yeah you would have liked to win that one in Vancouver in Calgary on St. Patty's Day but if he's going hey I'm taking my shot here with the group I built I'm not overly surprised we didn't see a ton and you know maybe if that's just because the market value wasn't there that's that's fair. You can just say, hey, let's let's try win as many games. Let's try sneak into the playoffs. And I really do think, and you guys have seen it too, if Saskatchewan, if they can get clicking on offense, that's the biggest issue right now. If they can play up to their potential, they can compete with San Diego. Yeah. You know, they can compete with the best in the West if if they're getting goaltending and if their offense as a whole is playing together. What do you make of Derek Keenan? lingering around the Saskatchewan bench. Like the guy was not supposed to be on the bench. No more coaching for Jammer up in the the press box, strictly GM. But as the season has progressed, he's kind of popped his head in a couple of times. Then he's been down at the end of the bench, kind of watching things go down. I should probably just pick up the phone and ask Derek himself. I haven't done that, so I guess that's on me. But what do you make of that? Because a lot of people have been asking, why is he doing this? And a lot of people were saying, well, maybe he's evaluating his coaches. Maybe he's evaluating his players. I said maybe he just likes watching the game from the bench. 
We got to talk to him. So we, we've got the pregame show in Saskatchewan, Rush Hour Live, and we've got to talk to him right from the get-go. And after that very first game in Halifax, I, I it might be uh, just off quote a little bit, but he said something like, I hate watching from the booth. Like He's like, I'm pacing back and forth. I can't stand it. He's like, I'm not used to it. But there's also a part of him that goes, hey, after how many years of coaching, you kind of run out of things to say given pregame speeches, motivational speeches. So he did feel it was the time for him to step back and take a different role. And I, I honestly think that there's a part of him that misses coaching. That's that's my honest opinion. I do agree. I fully believe he wants a feel for, you know, how the communication is coach to player, player to coach, how guys are acting on the floor, what's being said out there. I, I do think he wants a closer understanding of that. But I also think there's the part where Derek's like, ah, damn, I kind of miss coaching a little bit and I want to be behind the bench because there's nothing like it. No, and he doesn't look like he's doing too much down there. It's not like he's grabbing guys by the scruff and, and talking to any players, but barely even talking to Bubba. Sometimes it looks like he's just kind of there. So it is, it is a bit an interesting wrinkle in their season. <laughs> really you mentioned is. his home. Yeah. You mentioned his homestand coming up, Cody Calgary Roughnecks again this weekend. Um, Trying to avoid the sweep. They've lost twice now to the, to the Calgary Roughnecks this season. I uh, can't remember the last time that they've been swept by their uh, their Alberta rivals there. But what's it going to take for Saskatchewan to get a W at home this weekend against Calgary? I still think they need more out of the offense. You know, it's been two winnable games against Calgary. If you remember that first one in Saskatoon, you know, they, they battled back. They had another lead and Calgary scores a late goal to win it. You go into the one on St. Patty's Day, they're up 11-10. Going into the fourth quarter, the wheels fall off. You know, Courier brings them back a little bit. But at the end of the day, you, you got to play a full 60 minutes, especially against a team like Calgary where you're getting everyone's best. And it simply starts from the goaltending out. You know, you need some bigger saves because, you know, at the other end of the floor, a guy like Christian Del Bianco, he's going to bring his A game every time he plays Saskatchewan. So you have to be going save for save with him and the offense. There's been a lot of times this year, as we saw Saturday night, where, you know, Ryan Keenan goes off for five goals. Robert Church goes off for five goals. There hasn't been that many games where multiple guys are having six, seven point nights. It's always been one or the other or Austin Murphy comes and has a hat trick out of nowhere. You know, they're just, they haven't been clicking fully for 60 minutes. And even against Rochester guys, they were up five, nothing after the first quarter yeah. and they got outscored six, four, the rest of the game. Yeah. You know, that's, that's 45 minutes of lacrosse where you do get outscored by a Rochester team out East where, I don't think that's the type of team Saskatchewan is. They know they're better than that. We know they're better than that. So when you come, you know, Saturday night against Calgary, I think the offense is the one that has to step up. It would be nice to see a 14-15 spot put up on the board besides Saskatchewan. Last one here for me, Cody Jansen, is uh, I got to ask you about your broadcasting style because I was I was having a chuckle. I know you had the, the money line about Kodak Black about how <laughs> back in the season that got you on bar stool and garnered some attention, which was awesome. But uh, the one I, I heard last week was smiling like a butcher's dog, and 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 that 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 made me laugh a little bit. I feel like you got a bit of John Gertler in you with your skill. Uh, where? How did you develop this style? Because I, I think I would sound nuts if I tried to do it, but it works for you. So did, did this develop over time, or have you always kind of had that style? 
Oh, it's definitely developed over time. I mean, you know, when you listen back to your broadcast from six years ago, especially, you know, at my age, I'm like, oh my goodness, that sounds awful. But there was also an effect of I was one of the youngest people, you know, in the game doing play-by-play, and I still think I'm probably one of the youngest, if not the youngest. So there was a part of me that's like, how can I set myself apart? I don't want to sound like a little 18-year-old kid, you know, like sitting behind a mic here. I got to do something different. And so it comes with putting a little bit of extra emphasis assists a little bit extra pizzazz and yeah having those calls you know something something different helps I and I find it's fun it's supposed to be fun we're supposed to be having fun behind the mics so a lot of that stuff's off the cuff where it's like what did I see this week that's funny and I mean smiling like a butcher's dog I, I grew up on a farm so you know butchering was definitely something we were used to and Sometimes I might steal it. I might steal that. I'm not going to lie. That's a good one. I, again, I, I love that aspect of, you know, I I listen to so many different broadcasts and I take away things of, it's not exactly just what they said. It's how they said it. When they let their color guy chime in, how they, you know, worked in the interview, stuff like that. It's, it's, we're always learning. Right. And so my style, I guess, has just been a compilation of everything I've learned, but at the end of the day, it starts off, you, you ought to be a little bit more exciting or a little different when you're a young kid in there to, to break in. It's not an easy industry to break in, so you got to do something different. Absolutely, man. Well, you've done a fantastic job so far this season. I expect more of the same coming down the stretch. Say hi to your uh, your color guy, Double D, Darren DuPont, back there in the tune as well, and I'm sure we'll be in touch sooner or later. Thanks for doing this. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. There you go. Thanks, Cody. Talk soon, brother. Voice of the Saskatchewan Rush one, Cody Jansen. And I was, I was sad to see Ryan Flaherty kind of have to go there, Brad. But Cody has stepped into that chair and done a fine job for the Rush organization. No, he really has. And these guys, the personality is dripping through. He's becoming a known voice around the National Lacrosse League. And his calls have been a pleasure to listen to this season. And I'm glad we were able to uh, get to know him a little bit behind the scenes. Because, again, you mentioned that. Like, I know we were both there at the World Indoor Championships in 2019. And we were exchanging DMs and talking. How do you pronounce this Finnish last name and this Swedish player. It was, yeah. you know, broadcasting hell for a couple of weeks there, but never actually met him in I person know. at that tournament because there was just so much going on. So, well, uh, Teddy and I are in Sask in a couple of weeks. So a chance to catch up with Cody there and, uh, and me, say hi to everybody. Well, you might be there too. Don't you want to spend your birthday weekend? Uh, uh, we were thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. The Calgary's playing a double dip in Calgary that weekend. And for anyone that doesn't know WestJet, in the month of April flights to Calgary out of, I think it's Abbotsford are 45 bucks. One way happens to be my birthday that week. And Saskatchewan is playing Vancouver in Saskatchewan on. So I don't know. Well, we're trying to work out the logistics here to maybe do fly to Calgary, do the game on Friday, and then maybe rent a car, buzz up to Saskatoon on Saturday for the Warriors game. And then, and then maybe well, fly gonna, out of Saskatchoon. Gonna, I don't know. I've I got a bed out. for you. I'm, I'm ready. To, I'm willing to take the cot if you make it to. Okay, well, be me and and the missus. So. Okay, well, hey, I'll I'll all the more. If you want to get weird a little bit? We can do that. <laughs> it's been weird before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks to Cody Jansen, good Saskatchewan boy as well, which always helps to to be a native in the bar. I think he resides in West Edmonton now, but originally from Saskatchewan. So. Uh, All good in the hood there on the prairies. Uh, We are done. Speaking of the prairies, we are done quarter three. We're going to talk to another Saskatchewan native in Evan Schemenauer, who joins us for quarter number four. 
Holy cow, Brad. Week 17 is an absolute beast. We are on a heater here at Lax Class with our Lax Class locks as well. We'll get it all to you in quarter four. EP 176. Stick around. Hey, this is Mitch Belisle. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. And now it's time for another round of Who You Got? Fourth and final quarter is now in progress. Welcome back to Lax Class. Jake Gilliard, Schellner. Uh, before we get to our buddy Evan Schemenauer here, I want to let you know we would really appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, give us a five-star review. Put down a little few words there. That'll help our outreach and grow this podcast to new heights. So thank you for doing that. Give us a follow on social media as well. At Shemlax, at Brad Chow, at PXP for sports or our personal accounts. The Insta is at Lacrosse Classified. The Twitter account is at Lax Class. We got a Facebook page. And finally, if you're old school, email address is lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Now, it's time for Evan Sheminauer. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Don't leave me hanging here, guys. Come on. I can't be the only guy to... <laughs> Sorry, uh, I was on mute. This is how we do it. Friday night. Welcome back to the pod, Evan. Uh, there's your intro music. I know you're the biggest Montel Jordan fan there there is, even though Brad I wouldn't was say that. What's your second up? favorite Montel Jordan song? <laughs> there isn't one. I'm trying there, to think back. There he isn't one. a few one. hits. You must know. You went to the mall to get his autograph, Challoner. I honestly cannot name one other Montel Jordan song. <laughs> Anyways, enough about Montel. We have maybe the, the, the toughest. You know what? If you laugh about it. He made how many millions off that song? Yeah, he I think we'd the, all love to have that. It's still in like car commercials and all. It is. Yeah, it's. I'll give him that. He's got more money than I do. That's for sure. All right. Uh, this is maybe the toughest week of the year here. It's time for Who You Got. It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who You Got? you got brought to you by Stampy Tack and Western Wear for week number 17. Spring is in the air. That means it's getting warmer. It also means you need to start getting outside again. And Stampy Tack is a great place to start before you head outside. They'll have you covered head to toe. Huge selection of hats. Great outerwear from company searches such as such as Outback Trading Company, Carhartt, Jeans by Wrangler, Boots by Blundstone, you name it, they got it. Stampede.ca, we're shopping online, is still shopping local. Been in Cloverdale since 1966. Evan, were you born in 1966? How old are you? No, 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 76. 76, okay. So a decade before Evan was born, Stampede Tack has been around. I was actually coming down Fraser Highway heading to the compound, and they got the, like, the big marquee out there on Fraser Highway. You can see it from miles away. 
and it goes in part and parcel with how big the compound is out there in Cloverdale. It'll take you a while to walk around the entire store there at Stampede Talk and Westernware. So get there and plan to spend a little time when you do. All right. Week 17. Let's get week 16 winner out of the way here, Evan. Who won week 16? Who you got? How do you do it? Pull it up, Evan. Tyler Turner. Tyler Turner. Six people went six and oh. And somebody went one and five. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. The worst. I think Brad did the worst out of everybody this week. Yeah, Uh, I dropped I dropped twenty-three spots in the ranking down to number forty-five. There's none the other closest other drop this week was down eighteen. That was Vasily, your son. So, uh, he went him and three I, for six. He just lost his top three. Well, listen. If, he went down 18 spots. I went down 23. I had the worst week I think anybody could possibly have. One out of six games I got correct. If the Warriors won that game, I would have won who he got this week again. And they should have, which is another tough pill to swallow. Well, no, because uh, Tyler nailed the tiebreak perfectly. At 16, he nailed the tiebreak perfectly. Yeah, but if Vancouver won, he had Colorado, so he wouldn't have gone six Oh, yeah, or that's six. true. Yeah. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about over here, Evan. Uh, I think we tied in points. I know you're ahead of me in the standings. You can go ahead and host. I've hosted a couple weeks now. Yeah, so I, I was just going to do it anyways, whether you gave me permission to or not. So, uh, yeah, I control the volume levels here, so I am going to host... This week's Who You Got, which is eight, count them up here, boys, eight games on the slate. You got to rank them. Eight is your most confident. Number one is your least confident. And the first one of the year. First one of the year is also correct. I know a lot of people might have missed their picks last week because of Thursday lacrosse. If you're still in the mix for the overall, you're probably not going to miss your picks, but I know a bunch of people didn't. You can set office pool junkies to auto generate your picks. If you happen to miss a week, take advantage of that feature. Who knows? You probably do better than Brad Challoner if you do. So there's that, but you still have a chance to win weekly prizes. You might not win the grand prize anymore, but you can still win weekly prizes. So I would encourage you if you're new to the podcast to sign up, Password is Lax Class. Search up who you got with two T's. Link is in the Twitter bio at Lax Class. But also to set your auto-generated picks, just in case you get forgetful and forget to get your picks in on time. So there's that. So let's get into this here, guys, because we have eight big games to get through. Let's keep it tight. Let's keep it sharp. Friday, March 25th, Country Night, Aaron Prochek concert at Rogers Arena. But they're going to play a lacrosse game beforehand. San Diego coming to town to take on the Warriors. Brad Chowner, who you got? Hold my beer while I kiss your girlfriend, in the words of Aaron Prichette. Punch in the nose, you try that. Vancouver and San Diego both look a lot different than they did in week one. But Vancouver, they were embarrassed last week. The second time they've done that against Colorado this season, there's no other way to put it that they were they were embarrassed and they want to overcome that and make good on that and make things interesting in the West again and make that the little safe buffer zone between themselves and the teams below them at uh, at third overall right now in the West. Long story short, I think you get a bounce. Whoever starts this game, I don't know if you go Fryer. I don't know if you go Bouquet. Who do you think? Who do you got? 
I would start Steve Fryer and I would make him play 60 minutes. Not make, and I don't mean like force the guy at will to play 60 minutes, but I think don't let him come starting, to the locker room at halftime. Just like you're stay out there. I don't care what you want. Yeah. You're staying in this lacrosse game. No, I mean like the leash has been short and rightly so when you have two goaltenders kind of equal skill value. And I think Vancouver has looked at that as an advantage all season long, but Back of the matter is, is that their starter hasn't finished the last four games. And I think to give this team some confidence, to give some goalie a confidence, you got to pick a horse and you got to ride him for 60 and see what he can do and overcome those, those ups and downs because bringing cold goalies the in revolving doors. The game yeah. has, has not been the rest. Fair enough. And the Warriors with three. Okay. And they're only two goals to the bad here as far as goals for and goals against. But going up against San Diego here, 127 and for the good, 94 for the bad. So they have not allowed – like San Diego has allowed 94 goals. The next closest team is 134, Colorado Mammoth. That's a massive gap there. And 20 of those in one game. Yeah. So, uh, Evan, we know who you got, so I'm not even going to ask you. I got Vancouver in this game as well. I just think they are – San Diego's due, and Vancouver is due. So I'm taking Vancouver also for a three. Well, and just so people know, I've got San Diego, of course. And the simple fact is, hey, well, first off, country music night, people should know this. You always have that game against the Rush. There's a country music curse on that team. But San Diego is not going to surrender a lead like that, like Colorado did. And Vancouver runs out of gas. In a tough week, somebody's got to be the eight game. This is my eight game. Oh, Saturday, March 26th. We get two afternoon games here on the slate this week. The first one is got to be the marquee matchup of the week. Halifax coming off an 0-2 weekend and a bye are headed to Buffalo to take on the Banditos, sitting at the top of the standings at 10-1. and one. Halifax, two games back at 8-3. and three. Evan Schemenauer, who you got? This shouldn't be at the weight that I've got it, but Halifax could not get things sorted last time they were out there. Buffalo's got everything sorted. This is in Bandit Land. I'm less certain about the second game, but I'm more certain about the first one. Bandits for a seventh. Brad Chowner, who you got? This matchup, I know everyone's been circling Buffalo and Halifax on their calendars, and they've got a back-to-back. This is a pretty crucial weekend for the for the Halifax Thunderbirds against the Buffalo Bandits. They play twice. And a few weeks ago, when Halifax was, you know, had one loss, this was the everybody was like, Buffalo and Halifax need to play against each other. Buffalo and Halifax, like, where's the bar? What are we gonna set it at? Halifax to me isn't as good looking as a team as they were a few weeks ago. Um, so I got the Buffalo Bandits with a four in this one. I think there's some other good matchups this weekend. I don't think this weekend is all about Buffalo and Halifax. I think there's some really tasty matchups that we're going to talk about here in a second, but given the bandits at home, they, they can't lose there right now. They're 10 and one. Give me the bandits with the four bandits for a five for me, not to spoil anything, but I think these two teams split this weekend. And I think the home team is going to win both the games in this little home and home series here. Buffalo for a five. Let's move along. Another two o'clock start here. 
Do I have the start, or is off this pool got the start times wrong here, Evan? I got. It is a 5 p.m. Eastern start now. They okay, what's the what's the Buffalo game start? Because I got a one. It is it is 1 p.m. Eastern. They moved. It was originally a night game. They moved it so they could get the second game in in Halifax. I like it because the Halifax game is a rescheduled. Yeah. COVID cancellation. I I like it. Let's see how it does. Uh, okay, Georgia. Like we mentioned, one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Toronto was idle last week. This is going to be the game where Dan Dawson is going to break some significant records here for games played and assists all time. In there, Rock City, the Hammer, Georgia coming to town, 7-6, and 8-4 and four, Toronto Rock. Brad Scheller, who you got? Ooh, this one was a tough one. Well, most of them are this weekend, but Georgia's really hot right now. Toronto's coming off a bye week, but to do the celebration properly for Dan Dawson and to get back on the floor and do it at home and set those records at home. Toronto's eight and four, Georgia seven and six. I like the rock at home in this one with a five. Evan, who you got? This is a, yeah, this is a a tough one just because of how well Georgia's played the last several weeks. I almost flipped the coin here and I'll, I'll preface this Toronto rock win this game by a single goal. Toronto rock for a four. Remember now, you get one coin flip per week if you so choose to use it. I'm not going to use it in this game. I might very well use it, but just not in this game. Taking Toronto, I think the the bubble bursts here a little bit. I think uh, some guys go off for big nights here for Toronto. Give me the Rock for a six. Six for the Rock. Four o'clock start time now back east. Rochester hosting Philadelphia. Wings have not played a game what feels like quite some time. We kind of knew this was coming because they got such a front-loaded schedule. Five and seven Philadelphia still have yet to beat a team above 500, but they're not playing a team above 500, taking on three and nine Rochester Nighthawks at Blue Cross. Evan, who you got? This was not easy at first because it's like two teams that are struggling. But after watching Rochester live this past week, Philadelphia's got to figure this out. Even if Philly scores nine goals, I think Philly wins this game. Philly for a six. Brad, who you got? Yeah, you guys both summed it up pretty good there. I'll take the wings with an eight in this one. This is my eight game as well. Go Philadelphia. They need to win this game. I think they do win this game to kind of keep themselves in the conversation here. Taking on a 3-9 Rochester team. Give me Philadelphia for an 8. Half an hour. Speaking of being live and in person, Evan, you know that you have to wear that Reed Bowering jersey when the, the Warriors come to town on the 9th, right? At Sastel. That's part Actually, of it. Actually, I plan to. Okay, good. Just making sure. Half an hour later, Albany taking on the New York Riptide. Six and eight Firewolves taking on the three and eight New York Riptide. This one in NASA on Long Island, 7.30 Eastern face-off Saturday night. Riptide, Firewolves. Brad, who you got? I know the Riptide retooled last weekend, the trade deadline, and then had a bye week. I know the Riptide probably want to play playoff spoilers whether they have the site set on it for themselves realistically or not. I think that they can uh, cause a lot of static down the line here against teams that are playoff bound like the Albany fire Rovers. But I think the fire Rovers will be upset with that loss at the hand of the Georgia swarm this weekend. Giving the Albany fire Wolves with a six. Evan. 
Who you got? You know, Brad mentioned the retooling. The retooling typically takes a little bit of time to mesh. Give me the Albany Firewolves for a five. I am taking the New York Riptide in this game, and solely for the fact that one father of Larson Sundown, my friend Gary Sundown, sent me a sweatshirt over the weekend that I'm absolutely in love with. It's a New York Riptide sweatshirt, but it is a custom design with an indigenous theme on it. I've been a massive Larson Sundown fan for a long time, and I know... It's the Riptide. I work for the Warrior. They're in the East. I think I can get away with this. At least I hope. I'm not going to be wearing it to Warrior shoot-around by any means, but it is a beautiful gift from Gary Sundown. And I would be crazy not to take the Riptide this week after getting a lovely gift like that. So go Larson Sundown. Go Riptide. I'm taking them for four. Three more games to go here. All Saturday night matchups. This one should be a dandy. I think this was the tastiness that Brad was talking about earlier. 7-5 Colorado Mammoth taking on winners of their last four in a row. 5-8 Panther City back down there at Dickies. Basketball has cleared out. Panther City hosting Colorado. Evan, who you got? Tough, tough one here. And I guess it comes down to Colorado really getting maybe a bit lucky on against the Warriors. Glad you can admit that. And no offensive output hardly at all against San Diego. Panther City, I think, might put up 15-20 again, even though it's Dylan Ward in them. Panther City for a three. Brad, who you got? That is, that, is, that is bold take, Evan. I'll give you there'll be some... Some credit there, man. Sure, you get the bacon um, noise or the Paris Hilton going there. Sizzle, sizzle. That's hot. It's really I hot. I think... That's hot. That's hot. That's really hot. I See, I kind of think the opposite. I think Panther City's been on a heater. And Colorado's a really good lacrosse team. They'll make their adjustments after the 20 goals that they let in last time they placed. Panther City, I think it's got playoff game written all over it. If Panther City wins and Vancouver loses, they leapfrog them in the standings, which is... Unreal. Um, but I think Colorado gets it done this weekend, even the Mammoth of the seven. Seven for the Mammoth. All right, this game, I am implementing the coin toss here, fellas. It did me right last week. I had Georgia. The coin had Georgia. Georgia got it done. Need a little magic from my lucky quarter here. Once again, I have no idea who's going to win this game. Maybe the coin does. Here we go. Tails is the away team heads for home. Panther City Lacrosse. Putting a one beside it because I just this is the game I have no idea. Panther City for a one, though. I'm taking them. Two more games to go. The rematch is gonna go down again. Calgary, these teams used to play like six times a year. I think this is number three. Calgary at Saskatchewan this time. They won in Saskatchewan way back early in the year, but Saskatchewan, yeah, they lost twice to Calgary now, right? Four and seven Roughnecks, two of their wins against Saskatchewan, up against four and nine Saskatchewan. In Toontown, Evan, who you got? Coin flip time. (laughs) I, I have no faith in either of these teams. It's the one game. Let's see what happens. Heads is home, Saskatchewan. Brad, who you got? 
I'm with, I'm with the coin. I don't think the rush got swept by the Calgary Roughnecks. I do think the Roughnecks are still the better team at this point, but to give up a season sweep to your uh, sort of arch nemesis and you're back home in a homestand after coming off a win might be too little too late for the rush, but I take the Roughnecks in this one with a two. You're taking the Roughnecks? No, sorry. I'm taking those. Edit okay, that. I'm just, taking the rush at this one at home with a two. Uh, I thought that's what you meant. Wanted to clarify and make it a clean sweep here for the pick because I am also taking the rush and I'm pretty confident in this one. Slapping a seven down beside Saskatchewan. Ooh. Final game. It's the return leg of the home and home. Buffalo makes the trip to Chowdertown to take on Halifax. What will the records be heading into this one? We won't know until after Friday, or excuse me, this game going down on Sunday. So we won't know until after Saturday. It is a 4 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Set your alarms accordingly. Buffalo at Halifax. Brad, who you got? This could have been my coin flip. I know Buffalo, and I talked about it just five minutes ago. I think the sexier match, there are sexier matchups this weekend, but Halifax just has a knack for getting it done in Chowdertown, as you say. And I think it could be a split this weekend. It could be Buffalo's first loss in a while. I'm going to take the Thunderbirds with a one. Evan, who you got? As much as this home and home wasn't planned, give me more of these. And and with the two top teams in the division, this is going to decide number one seed in the East this weekend. Of course, I don't have the coin flip. I was going to, but I just trust Buffalo more than I do Halifax, especially after the last time Halifax took to the floor. Buffalo for two on this one. I'm not less confident in Halifax. Yeah, I originally had Buffalo down here taking the, the sweep on the weekend. And now I'm looking at this, and I got seven out of eight home teams winning this weekend, which I know, Brad, when you look at it, it looks weird, and it's probably not going to happen. But I'm just – like, you were one in, what, five last week? So I'm not even going to consider that type of thing. Don't take my advice. No, I'm not. I'm not doing it. And let's also recall – I know a lot of people are talking junk out there right now as we're rolling into week 17. And, Brad, you had the tweet saying it was a marathon, not a sprint. I've been saying that since week two if you'll recall. It's a slow build. You want to peak at the right time, coming down the stretch here, coming off a five and six week. I'm taking Halifax at home, chowder and all, but it's only for two. Halifax for That will wrap up week 17, who you got. Good luck to everybody except Evan. And now (laughs) it's time for Lax Glass Locks. It's locked. Has been on a bit of a roll lately as he 
pats himself on the back here. I know he's been doing that a lot lately. But uh, Evan, congratulations on another big win. Unfortunately for our lax class parlay, Wes Berg absolutely screwed us with an empty net goal to cost the people some jumbo bucks. But your, your parlay came in as well. You're getting the boosted odds this week. So you roll out yours first. So first up is Buffalo, Halifax on on Saturday. This is the Saturday game, not the Sunday game. Buffalo money line was a minus 122, so we're going to start there. San Diego, Vancouver. Now, San Diego's odds are quite skewed in favor of the Seals. I got enough faith that the Seals are going to win this by two or more. So it is San Diego minus 1.5. Toronto, Georgia. I think this is going to be tighter than the odds think it is. I'm cranking the handicap here up to two and a half. So it's Georgia plus two and a half. Georgia can lose this by two and it still pays. So grand total, this was a plus 445. But Coolbet's going to jack it up to 525. And it pays out what? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it pays out 130 on 20. Okay. He did that in his head, ladies and gentlemen. He did that in his Sorry, head. There's a 125. I, I'll have to check. But yeah, it's... I'm sure it's close. Well done, Evan. Impressive stuff. Okay. Um, Brad, your parlay, please. I'm swinging for the fences after a couple uh, conservative weeks. I've uh, cooked up a doozy here. As Evan mentioned, Warriors are the biggest underdogs of the week. So for Vancouver's sake, how dare yeah. you, how everybody? Dare you, how dare you? They're plus 180 on the money line. Like that alone is, is tasty. I also like the Georgia Swarm. Keeping it close with the Toronto Rock, Georgia Swarm plus 1.5 on the handicap gives you odds of plus a hundred mm-hmm. that's another tasty tasty nugget there so all the georgia swarm need to do lose by one or win that lacrosse game against toronto and it's paying, paying some big money um and then i'm going to throw an over under in this one i haven't gone over and under in a few weeks i'm going to take the over 21 goals in the colorado panther city game which if history indicates those two teams could open up the floodgates that pays plus nine sixty nine. Oh, 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 oh. So twenty bucks on that will win you two thirteen eighty two. Giddy up! Uh, that is that is juicy. I'm going strictly over under once again. These these are my favorite, and that way it you don't have to worry about who's winning, who's losing. You just have to worry about how many goals are being scored. I like to keep things simple here for the people. Halifax and Buffalo, Warren Hill and Matt Vince are playing goal against each other. I'm taking the under at 22 and a half. I think that's a lock, a lax class lock, if you will. I'm taking the over in Georgia and Toronto. I mentioned I think some big nights coming here for both guys or both teams on, on both sides of the ball here. So give me the over in Toronto at 21 and a half. And we know the New York Riptide can score some goals, and Albany has been putting up some numbers as well. So give me the over in that game at 21 and a half as well. Add all that up, you get a plus 579. 20 jumbo dollars gets you a return of 135.73. Now, 
if you're new to the podcast or if you've never placed a wager courtesy of CoolBet, if you want to sign up, well, if you should sign up if you haven't. And when you do, up in the top left corner, put in the bonus code LAXCLASS and CoolBet will match you on your first time deposit up to $200. 200 Free money from CoolBet. First time deposit. Bonus code LAXCLASS. And don't think for a second that it's just the National Lacrosse League you can bet on here at CoolBet. We can't bet on lacrosse, so we don't. But lots of other sports available on CoolBet Camp. Golf, college basketball, NBA, NHL. It's all there for you. Evan, uh, what was the, the thing you were talking about, the, the free bet that CoolBet likes to offer up from time to time? It's actually, I believe, still active. So with the NCAA tournament, your first $20 bet, now it has to be minus 200 or better, so you can't take somebody that's massive you know, favorite or anything. massive favorite yeah. but a tw- your first 20 buck bet that's minus 200 or better there's a there's a promo code in there so just go up to promotions and there's a code in there win or lose free bet you will get you'll get a free 20 dollar bet the following week and who knows we're waiting to see there could be another one coming with canadian soccer we're not sure yet but there was a, a free bet i want a bunch of money on last time where I bet 25 bucks on the first game and I got a free 15 buck bet on Canada, the second go around. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit glad that I didn't do any wagering over the first four days of the college basketball tournament, because there was just some wild upsets and score lines. I probably would have went broke, but uh, now that things are into the sweet 16, that might change. I might dabble a little bit, uh, listen to our buddy, Pat Gregoire, who's always pumping out his, his lines and bets, uh, which, you know, I tend to pay attention to a little bit. So check out coolbet.com. Use that bonus code. Have a little extra fun when you're watching a huge week 17 in the national lacrosse league. That will wrap up EP 176. Oh, not quite. I forgot to give away the Warriors tickets. We're going to do something real simple here. For a pair of Warriors tickets to Country Night this Friday night, Rogers Arena, first person to contact me in a variety of different ways. I gave you all the avenues to find me. Tell, 604. Yeah, six, tell me who leads the Vancouver Warriors in the loose balls. That should be real easy to look up quick. You might even know it off the top of your head. First person to tell me who leads the Vancouver Warriors in loose balls wins themselves a pair of Warriors tickets. Thanks to Josh Sanderson and Cody Jansen for stopping by the podcast. Our fabulous sponsors, of course, Stampede Tack, the Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, Rycor Construction, and Cool Bet Canada. For Evan Schemenauer, Brad Chellner, I've been Jay Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy. It's Stay Classified.